You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The cheerleaders at a gym in Buffalo have been recording themselves. What's up? To make a new documentary. We're the so-called news reporters. Because one year ago, a mass shooting changed their lives. He just walked around and shot all the black people. The cheer squad, most of whom are black, had to figure out how to go on and how to compete. I wanted the win for them more than anything this season. Listen to the Embedded podcast from NPR within the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how does a half-American, half-Nicaraguan party girl from New Orleans with absolutely no journalism experience break the biggest story of the 80s? That's what Journalista is all about. I'm a woman, white beater t-shirt, not wearing a bra, curses like a sailor. I got balls bigger than any man. 
Dan Rather used to call me his secret weapon. Listen to Journalista every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They say history is written by the victors. But you know what? They left out a hell of a lot of juicy stuff. Ah, we all know who invented that, right? Well, think again. Truth is, Alexander Graham Bell stole the idea for the telephone and then claimed it as his own. We're going to uncover the forgotten pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. Listen to the backstory with me, Patty Steele, twice a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After the massacre occurred, but before her arrest... Mother Angela Wagner took to social media to speak out about the victims. Here's an excerpt from one of those posts. What has happened to us in the past few weeks has been devastating and it will follow us for the rest of our lives. Hannah was a daughter to me. I loved her dearly. Her loss still hurts to this day. We want justice like everyone else. Let's try to find the real monsters who've done this. Turns out, she was the monster. This is The Piketon Massacre, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. Season 3, Episode 2, Monsters. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. In preparation for this season... We've been speaking to many sources in and around Pike County who would not go on the record before. Probably because they were scared, but now they are ready to talk. In some cases, they were fearing retribution, including those close to Angela. There are so many perspectives on mom, Angela Wagner, and it begs the question, is it possible for a human being to be all things at once? Throughout all of these conversations and interviews, we have learned a lot more about the victims, the Roden family, and the alleged killers, the Wagners. This includes other theories and information that goes generations deep. And some of it has far-reaching and sometimes nefarious tentacles. Here's what we know about Angela Wagner. She had a mother named Rita Newcomb. I actually met her in person, was in her home just days after she was released. And she was married to a man named Pug Carter, Angela's father. They at some point divorced, Rita remarried, and had a second child 20 years younger, her half-brother, Chris Newcomb. Chris has agreed to speak with us for the podcast on the record for the very first time. Is now a good time? Do you have a minute? Well, what would you want to know? You are Angela's half-brother. Explain that all to me, like how you're related and how much younger you are. Angela is my half-sister from my mom's first marriage. We got the same mom. She is 20 years older than I am. Well, here's my backstory that I can give for your radio thing. I grew up with George and Jake like my brothers. I was always closer to George than I was with Jake. George would do anything in the world for anybody. I'd have never in my life thought this out of him. Jake, on the other hand, I'd have never thought it out of him either, but he's always been a little odd. I mean, he, he just always has been. My sister, me and her, never really got along that well. Jake ain't no better, in my opinion. And I got nothing for him at all. Billy's Billy. He's always been Billy. 
I mean, everybody always tried saying he might have been the brains of the operation. That some bitch was a damn dummy, couldn't hit the ground with his hat three tries. So you didn't really grow up with her? I never grew up with her at all, hardly. I mean, when I wasn't even a year old, I was like nine, ten months old. She got pregnant with George, her oldest boy, which would be my nephew. How often did you see any of them? George, Jake, Angela, or Billy? Back when I was a kid, hell, I was always, I'd go over and spend the night for two, three weeks at a time. Oh, wow. Hell, I spent several summers over there. And when we got older and stuff like that, I'd see George whenever he swung by or he'd call and say, hey, we're going to go hunting or we're going to go fishing. So we'd all go out and do that. So you more grew up with Jake and George being your peers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we grew up more like brothers than we did uncles and nephews. I mean, we was close as hell when we was kids. She'd treat me as one of the kids, but it just, I don't know, it seemed cold whenever she had to do something for me. It wasn't like a like a warming feeling, like, you know, here, I want, I want to help you have fun, or I want to help you out do this. It was just cold. Was she like that with the boys, too, or just you? Not really, just me, mainly. I don't think she liked me that much. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I didn't like her either, so it kind of worked out. I never looked into it. My sister was a very controlling person. Whenever I was around, she always tried to control every aspect that I did, and I pretty much told her to go to hell, and that was the end of it. But, I mean, she pretty much controlled every aspect of their life, right down to their social media, their Facebook, their Messenger, Twitter, their fucking, uh, their dating sites. They had dating sites, and she actually had the information for their dating sites. She had the passwords to it. No. Yes. So when you were a kid and you would spend summers there or extended periods of time, Angela was your sister, but I imagine treated you like a mom. You know, she probably helped cook for you and treated you like one of the boys. And was she kind to you then or was she always judgy? Uh, kind of a mixture of both. She was kind and judgy, kind of fake. What do you mean by that? It just seemed like she would be nice, but it was all like an act because... She always told me, she said, I'll never amount to anything. And she didn't tell just me that. She told other people that. She said that I'd never amount to nothing, and I'd probably end up spending the rest of my life in jail. I almost want to answer a phone call from her just to laugh at her. Wow. You mentioned you and Angela were raised differently. How would you describe how you were raised, and how would you say how she was raised? Well, I wasn't around whenever she was being raised, you know. I wasn't even a thought then. Mom was still married to uh, her dad, Pug, or Eddie, Edward Carter. He was always a good old guy. I knew him real well. You like Pug? Oh, I, I thought the world Pug. Eddie Carter, better known as Pug, was Angela Wagner's father. We didn't know much about him or Angela's upbringing and how that might have shaped the person she is until now. Here's Jeff speaking to an anonymous friend of the Carter family who reached out to us. Your message is really interesting to me. I would love to just kind of like hear all of it and how you found this information out and what your take on all of it is. I grew up in South Webster where the Wagners came back from Alaska, where they moved to. And the actual house that they lived in was the house of her dad. I knew him as Pug Carter. He always wore this like metal brace and he walked with a limp. What I heard from my dad was that he would climb electric poles and steal copper or something off of the, the poles. And he got electrocuted and it affected his walking. When money would get tight, my dad would go like pawn things to him. He, he ran like a, I guess it would be an illegal pawn shop. 
where people would go take like small tools, lawn equipment, you know, stuff like that. I think he'd gotten in trouble for forgery one time. People would take their vehicle titles and pawn them to him for money. And he got to where he would like, he would forge the titles and sell the vehicles. So people were like losing cars. So somebody eventually took him to court for that. And he'd done that for several years before he got in trouble for it. And that's the reason my dad quit dealing with him. Explain that to me. So I would take my car title and sell it to him. You would pawn it to him. So you would give him your title and he would give you a couple hundred dollars and you'd pay it back. And once you paid it back, he would give you your title back. But then he started like selling the vehicles before people had a chance to pay him back. The whole opioid epidemic started around here and I guess he got into pills and stuff and he started selling drugs as well as running this underground pawn shop he was doing. There isn't a lot of information out there about Pug Carter, but what we could find included a criminal record filled with arrests for assault, receiving stolen property, and drug possession. From what I remember is that there was like an undercover scene where the police were going to his house and purchasing and selling drugs. So actual drug bust is how he got caught. But the reason Michael Moran came into it is Michael Moran, he was like the cheaper lawyer. So if you were kind of poor on like the lower income level, he would work out a deal where you didn't have to pay as much for a lawyer. Like he was who all the poorer people went to. And I think that's really how he got to where he could target prostitutes and stuff is because they were lower income and they could afford his services. It's not a surprise to me that her dad had him as a lawyer. It's important to note that the recollections that Michael Moran was Pug Carter's attorney is strictly the first-hand account of our anonymous source. Here's Stephanie and Jeff. We talked about Michael Moran in season two. He's an attorney and a former city councilman in Portsmouth, which is about 25 miles south of Pike County. He had multiple allegations against him, including sex trafficking, the disappearance of several young women connected to him personally, and the possible murder of another. At the age of 75, while out on bail and awaiting trial for promoting prostitution, compelling prostitution, human trafficking, and engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity, Michael Moran died in November of 2021. There's a place called Big Bear Lake that has come up a lot over the years in our research. It's this spot not too far from Pike County that people go to on vacation, essentially. It's like a holiday location. We're going to discuss this further, but it's also been alleged that it's a spot where sex trafficking happens, drug trafficking happens, and potentially there's a connection between Michael Moran and the Wagner family. I have to be really honest, my mouth dropped when we heard the connection between Pug Carter, Angela Wagner's father, and Michael Moran. It's full circle. It just further speaks to this idea that Pike County and the surrounding area is where people in power continue to stay in power by abusing other people. It also points to a larger plot here. Angie was always really close with her dad. Like, I remember her being at her dad's often. Like, she took care of her dad. What I've heard locally is that's why they came back from Alaska is because Billy's dad had died and her dad had died. They needed to settle those estates. And then they ended up moving into his house, to Pug's house. And that's where they lived when they were uh, arrested. Did you have any interaction with them when they came back? No, nobody really knew they were here until they were arrested. 
people would be like, oh, I think I saw Angela and Jake at Jackson Walmart, which is a completely different county. I think they were going there, so they weren't noticed. And everybody's like, no, there's no way. Then all of a sudden they were arrested and we're like, oh, well, maybe it was true. They were back in town. But if you drive by Pug's house, like the Wagner's vehicles are still there. It's still as if it was the day they were arrested. Nothing has been messed with or moved. Somebody cuts the grass. But as far as like their stuff still being in there, it is still there. Can you paint the picture for me? So like a brick ranch home with, you know, like a big gravel lot. And there's still kind of stuff out. It still kind of looks like it did when Pug owned it. But there's like vehicles sitting outside. They have like this really big Dodge Ram diesel truck. When you have something like that around here, it means you have money. It's interesting that that stuff wasn't seized. Yeah. You kind of get like an eerie feeling when you drive by there too. It's like, oh, there's so much bad stuff that's happened in that one house. As far as like crime goes. Yeah, I mean, that's where they were hiding out and potentially they were there planning those murders too. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We know there are a ton of podcasts out there. Well, we have one we would love for you to check out. It is called the Pen Pals Podcast with Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. We are both stand-up comedians. We're actors. We're writers. But now, most of all, we are your pen pals. Every single episode, we get two letters that we read from our listeners, our new pen pals. It can be about anything going on in their life. And sometimes we're also joined by guests like Will Ferrell. I'm going to bring you up in front of the group, and I'm going to punch you as hard as I can in the stomach. Rose Burn. This is West it. Hollywood. We keep it clean. Judd Apatow. If you yeah. use like Beats by Dre, is that mm-hmm. considered Andy Manwood? Conan O'Brien. I'm just showing you that my mind is quick, if not that funny. And Mandy Moore. We're all crossing the line together. Listen to the Pen Pals podcast on Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sincerely, your new Pen Pals, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. Hi, I'm Dahlia Wild, and I want to invite you to listen to my newest podcast. We are stardust in the sense that the atoms that make up our bodies have already existed in two stars. It's called the Oh My God Particle Show, or OMGPS for short. Are you like me, always wondering about the universe? like What the universe is made of. What is in the atmospheres of alien planets. And, you know, how are we even here to even ask those questions? So, road trip. I wanted to get some answers directly from researchers at the Large Hadron Collider. We're colliding particles with energies 
that naturally existed when the universe was about a trillionth of a second old. I found scientists from all over the world. Everybody is working together to get their experiment working. I got to talk to brilliant astrophysicists who collaborated with Brian May, the guitarist from Queen. Listen to the Oh My God Particle Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. LA's reputation, not so great. People from LA will have a very superficial, nice conversation with you, and they won't lift a finger to help you. LA people represent vapidity. Stop that, like, oh, the best calls, like, oh, shoot me. As someone born and raised here, I can tell you there's much more to LA than this. My name is James Kim, and I'm the creator of a new anthology fiction podcast called You Feeling This. It's 10 different stories about LA and the real people who make up this city. What up, Lisa? Did you listen to my message? We're just trying to get by. I think I was just freaking out because I'm scared. By connecting with each other. <laughs> I'm going to be a father? Yeah. <laughs> you feeling this? A fiction podcast mixtape about love. Listen to it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Sammy Joe grew up in the Piketon area and was close with both the Wagner and the Roden families. Sammy spent a lot of time at the Wagner's home, where she found Angela to be not so much motherly as controlling. Here she is, speaking with Stephanie. I grew up with the Wagner's, and then I dated Frankie Roden. Where were you when you heard all of the news about the murders? I uh, was standing in my living room, and I lived not tremendously far away, but I um, heard all the sirens and everything going on, and next thing you know, my Facebook was all lit up with family members found dead, and I'm thinking, there ain't no way. We all talk about Angela Wagner, the mom of killers, as being the mastermind. Oh, I wouldn't put a pastor. If Angela said jump, and you didn't say how high, Angela got mad. Especially with Jake. Jake was her baby. Like, if Angela didn't like me, Jake wasn't allowed to like me that week. I didn't come from the right family, or I did her wrong in her eyes or something. What about Billy? What Would you describe him? What was he like? He was the type of guy that he could crack a joke, and you would laugh for days. My dad had a stroke a massive brain bleed and a stroke. And I remember writing Angela, and I said, hey, this is Samantha, Brian Frederick's daughter. I need to get a hold of Billy. And Billy got a hold of me, and I told him, I was like, listen, the house that we're living in, the floor is falling through. They will not let my dad come home unless I get the floor fixed. Billy showed up with plywood, feed for my animals. He had bought me cinnamon products, uh, shampoo, conditioner. Like, he was there to help. Like, and his mom, I got a hold of Billy, and I was like, listen, my mom's behind on the electric bill. We're in disconnect. They're literally shutting us off. We need a good amount of money. And Federica got a hold of us, and she paid our electric bill. They wasn't bad people. I mean, they're bad people now, but... I honestly, in my opinion, I don't think they were all involved. I think there was other people involved under Angela's demand. 
Right, is it possible that they weren't even there and that maybe other people were there that night? In my opinion, yes. I think they know, but they won't speak about it. I think the boys know what happened, and if they speak about it, they'll be dead. And that's my opinion. Jake and George was always homeschooled. Like, they were never in public schools. The public system to Angela was not good enough for her boys. So her teaching her kids was better. I don't know how much better that was, but it, it was teaching them. Pretty much what Angela said goes. Like, she puts off the vibe of, like, if she said you're going to rob a bank and you tell her no, like, she gets scary. I love the boys to death. They're a little weird, but I love them to death. I remember decades ago, we all went to this bull riding thing and Billy and her got like a little argument. I've never seen a grown man in an argument shut up so fast in my life. Like the argument was over within seconds. It, it was controlling is what it was. And have you been in the house when all of them were home at the same time? Yeah. The house was always quiet. Very quiet. Normally, would be Billy sitting there in a chair, grinding his teeth. Just sitting there watching TV. That would be like the living room area. Angela would normally in there cooking. And then off all that in the back was the boys' room. To the left was George's room. And to the right was Jake's room. Of course, typical boys, you're going to have deer heads and guns in there. And that's pretty much the house. I can't remember a time that they were one of the houses burnt down and they were living in a shack. And they were all cramped up in this little living room area and I'm standing there by the door with my dad. It was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. As a reminder, this is Sammy Joe's recollection of events. I could tell you every place that they had, every place that burned down. I can't prove that it was insurance, but that many houses, there's the trailer, trailer slash house, the building. There's like a good four or five places that burned down, plus a semi-truck. There wasn't anybody home or in the houses when they burned down, correct? No. We've heard for several years about suspicious fires related to Angela and Billy Wagner, but have never been able to speak out about it. However, now these allegations have been substantiated in court. On May 2nd, 2022, Special Prosecutor Angie Kanepa references arson in connection with the Wagner family multiple times. Some of these acts are alleged Some of these we have, again, high levels of proof. Specifically, number one, multiple instances of arson of various properties for their own financial gain. Everybody in the conspiracy has their own role and they carry out that role. Ironically, oftentimes, Angela absents herself from the crime itself. The men, Jake, George, and Billy, carry out the crime. And then they have a story, a cover-up story. 
if I had a chance to talk to George, I honestly would, because I just want to know why. I actually went fishing with George shortly after, and it got brought up. Wait, you went fishing with George Wagner after the murders? I asked him, I was like, I can't believe this happened. And because him and Frankie after a while got real close. As terrible as it is to say now, victim Frankie Roden and accused murderer George Wagner were known to be good friends. Sammy Jover calls a time when Frankie Roden was standing up to Jake Wagner to defend his sister, Hannah Mae. I did hear about Frankie and Jake getting into it because I guess Jake and Hannah got into it and Jake had hit Hannah. Sorry to interrupt, but just for clarity, you're referring to victim Frankie Roden, Hannah Mae Roden's older brother, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't there. That's just what I was told. But George, like, shut me out. Like, he goes, how could we do it? Because they were already being questioned. Who was going to be there with the kids? And I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, there's just something wrong. Like, he totally shut me out. Like, I knew something was wrong that day when we were talking about it. Like, our fishing trip was going good, and it got ruined real fast. Like, I talked to them while they were in Alaska. Tell me about the Alaska piece. Why Alaska? That's been the boys' dream since they were knee-high to a grasshopper. Do you know if Angela and Hannah at any point had a positive relationship, even back in the early days? Oh, yeah. At one point in time, they loved each other, as far as I know. But Angela's the type of person, if you say or do something out of the way, you're a bad person. Why? I think, honestly, because Hannah was the type of person that if I say no, that's what I mean. And Angela wasn't getting her way with the custody. And I honestly feel like, and this is my opinion, Angela was afraid that Hannah was going to take away all visitations and... That's how it was going to be. Not only did Sammy Joe know the Wagner family, but she also knew the rodents intimately when they were very much alive. She spent a lot of time at Mother Dana Roden's house visiting her boyfriend, Frankie. How old were you when you dated Frankie Roden? I dated him from seventh grade to like ninth grade. He was fun. He's just like the rest of them. Like, he was so outgoing, give the shirt off his back, caring, mouthy. When you were dating Frankie, did you spend any time at the Roden home? What were they like? What was their home like? It was fun. Like, it was alive. Like, that place was alive. Frankie would ride the bus home with me. Mostly I'd ride the bus home with them and just spend a lot of time out there. I spent more time than even at my own house. And was Dana close with Frankie? Oh, that was her baby boy. Like, she'd hurt someone over her kids. Could you physically describe her? Like, what did she look like? Her hair was always short. We always called her fluffy. She was about 5'7". Very loud, but fun. 
Yeah, like, I never wanted to go home. Like, I actually felt like I was wanted. She would go out of your way. Like, my dream shoes was, uh, I called them Abby shoes. Like, they were the very long shoes that zip up the back. I can't remember what they're called now. And her and Frankie bought me them. I had those shoes for years. Did you know Hannah Gilly? Frankie loved her, you could tell. Sammy Jo shared a recollection she had about Hannah Mae Roden. Hannah, she would drive past my house just honking. And she drove by honking. I was on my porch. She goes, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. And I didn't get to see her later because she was dead the next day. Let's stop here for another break. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How rude, Tanneritos, is the Full House Rewatch podcast you've been waiting for. Each week, get together with iconic characters Stephanie Tanner and Kimmy Gibbler, also known as actresses Jody Sweeten and Andrea Barber, as they team up to relive every episode of your favorite Friday night comfort show. We spent our entire childhoods on a little show called Full House, playing frenemies, but becoming besties whenever the cameras weren't rolling. And now, 35 years later, it's our biggest adventure yet. Get ready for Jody and Andrea to tell all as they take an in-depth look back at life in and around the Tanner home from the very, very beginning. So if you think you know everything there is to know about Full House, how rude. We'll be reliving every moment with you and we'll be joined by our Full House family, including all your favorites from 192 episodes. We'll reveal the hidden treasures you may have missed within the show and we'll take a trip down memory lane together. Listen to How Rude Tanneritos on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. LA's reputation, not so great. People from L.A. will have a very superficial, nice conversation with you, and they won't lift a finger to help you. L.A. people represent vapidity. Stop that. Like, oh, the best calls. Like, oh, shoot me. As someone born and raised here, I can tell you there's much more to L.A. than this. My name is James Kim, and I'm the creator of a new anthology fiction podcast called You Feeling This. It's 10 different stories about L.A., and the real people who make up this city. What up, Lisa? Did you listen to my message? Who are just trying to get by. I think I was just freaking out because I'm scared. By connecting with each other. <laughs> I'm going to be a father? <laughs> you feeling this? A fiction podcast mixtape about love. Listen to it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. She's a Hollywood Western. 
She's Jack Kerouac, but in a nap dress with braids. She is one of the most important American children's authors of the 20th century. She's the basis for a television show still watched around the world. Somebody somewhere is watching Little House in the Prairie. She's been called a hero, a racist, a feminist, and a propagandist. I think the harm is too great because it's just one more thing that Native children have to endure. She is Laura Ingalls Wilder, author of the book series Little House on the Prairie. As a kid, I idolized Laura. And last summer, I went on the road in search of the real Laura. We're literally on the prairie. What I found was a complicated person alongside the complicated country she represents. I'm Glynis McNichol, and this is Wilder. Listen to Wilder on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. While Sammy Joe's relationship with Angelo was similar to what we've heard from other people and in trials, that she was controlling and suspicious. Like all people, Angela is different things to different people. Here's Howie, a family friend who knew the Wagners, both in Ohio and Alaska. My understanding is that you had a very close relationship with the Wagner family. I grew up with them and went to church with them and things like that. Tell me about them. What were they like? I always thought they were great people. I've stayed at their house multiple times. Like I said, I've gone to church with them growing up. Kind of like a second family to me. I thought they were decent people. Did you remember anything about Angela Wagner? I just remember her being the typical mom. In a million years, I'd have never thought she could plot anything or do anything of this sort of caliber. Like I said, just the typical mom. She reminds me of my own mother. What about her specifically was typical in your opinion? Her attitude, you know, just the standard mom, you know, the way she looks, you look at her and you see mom, like she's just that friendly of a person, just her attitude in general. She's a welcoming person. You had mentioned Alaska. Did you live in Alaska or did you visit them while the Wagners were in Alaska? I lived in Alaska and they came up and visited. Tell me, how old were you at that point? I was probably 13, 14, somewhere around there. Just, you know, a young teenager. They were a little older than I was, so we didn't really hang out a whole lot then. I went fishing with them once or twice in Alaska. Why Alaska, do you think? I think the real thing was uh, the pastor in Alaska was also the pastor in the church in Ohio that they went to. And they knew my grandparents. So they had a lot of people up here that, you know, Alaska is just a place that everybody wants to come and visit. So I, I assume that, you know, they wanted to come see old friends and things like that. And when they came, that was before the massacre, correct? Yeah, this was before. We've always been curious why they went to Alaska, and moreover, why would they go back to Pike County? They came the first time to visit, mm-hmm. and then the whole Pike County massacre thing happened, and then they came back to Alaska, but they had no contact with anybody. They didn't talk to any of us. Like, we reached out. We're like, hey, what's up? How are you guys? We're sorry this happened. And they never once talked to us. They moved to a different city. I believe they lived in Salada or Kasilov or something like that. And they never had any sort of contact with me, my grandparents, my sisters, the pastor, nothing. What do you make of that? It was definitely strange. Hearing people were murdered, then they show up out of nowhere, coming back to Alaska. It was was definitely fishy. And that's when I kind of cut ties, you know, just, just to be on the safe side. I didn't want to be involved in anything of that sort. When they were, in fact, arrested for the murders, that must have been a huge shock. 
Oh, I cried. I sat in my apartment and I cried. It broke my heart because she's just, you know, one of the sweetest people ever. I just don't think it's going to add up. I think uh, people do dumb things for their family. People say they do anything for their family, and I think she did do anything for her family, as terrible as it was. As we continue speaking with more people, much more information is coming out, including other acts the Wagners have allegedly committed over the years. This is according to prosecutors. The Wagner family tracked her. They threatened her. They threatened her family's lives. The family definitely on that side. They did stuff to make money other than legally. It begs the question of how wide their net is spread and what other people may be involved. For the first time on this podcast, we'll hear Jake Wagner's ex-wife, Elizabeth. I keep being asked, did you know Jake Wagner was a murderer before you married him? What I'm getting ready to say don't have nothing to do with the murders. This voice belongs to another person who has requested anonymity due to their proximity to the Wagner family. Is Angela the monster? Or did she marry into monsters? I feel like Billy's the type that would pay someone in prison to kill his own kids. More on that next time. For more information on case photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Python Massacre is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Chris Graves, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Jared Aston. Audio mixing by Ken Novak. The Piketon Massacre is a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy's a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how does a half-American, half-Nicaraguan party girl from New Orleans with absolutely no journalism experience break the biggest story of the 80s? That's what Journalista is all about. I'm a woman, white beater t-shirt, not wearing a bra, curses like a sailor. I got balls bigger than any man. Dan Rather used to call me his secret weapon. Listen to Journalista every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They say history is written by the victors, but you know what? They left out a hell of a lot of juicy stuff. Ah, we all know who invented that, right? <laughs> well, think again. Truth is, Alexander Graham Bell stole the idea for the telephone and then claimed it as his own. We're going to uncover the forgotten pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. Listen to the backstory with me, Patty Steele, twice a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here. This year on Revisionist History, we're tackling more ambitious stories than ever. 
from how to fix education to what Americans get completely wrong about guns. We're debating with teenagers, handing out awards, and hunting for the perfect medical raccoon. This is, after all, a podcast about the overlooked and misunderstood. Find Revisionist History on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.